All right, let's get into it. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that we are in the midst of a refining season, that you are refining things right now in our lives. This is a Kairos moment in our world. <laughs> oh, there's snorting going on right now. Lord, just bless them. Bless their humor. May the joy of the Lord be their strength. And Father, I just, I just pray the presence of God right now would enter into people's homes. It'd be an absolute uh, glory bomb in people's lounge rooms. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of a funny mood this morning. <laughs> huh? A moment? A moment? <laughs> I know, Sam's, Sam's teasing me. All right. Good job, my, my identity's secure. <laughs> well, let me say this. God didn't childproof the garden. God didn't put a um, huge amount of rules and, and um, fences around a garden. He allowed humanity to have free will. And more than that, he, he, wants, he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. And he co-labored with Adam. Adam named the animals. I mean, that's just incredible. God said, I want you to name the animals. He didn't name them Sarah, Frank, and Bob. Um, but he, he actually gave them their identity, their purpose, their destiny, their, their, the, their nature. Adam actually declared over them what, you know, how they're going to you know, behave, live, respond to, to life. And so he, he named them. There's, there's more power in the name than we know in the Western world. You know, um, Jacob had a name change. Saul had a name change. Uh, Peter had a name change. There's so much power in a name. And here Adam gets to name the animals and co-labor with the Lord and dream with God. Really, he was dreaming with God. He was creating with God. And, you know, we are creative beings. We are, we're, are, we're designed to be creative. We're designed to um, be artistic. We're designed to reproduce and dream with the Lord. And so I want to talk about dreaming with God this morning a little bit, not just from a uh, dreaming in a night sense, like having, you know, dreams in the night, but actually that in the midst of trial, in the midst of what can seem like hope deferred, that you and I would realize, the desire realized would be a tree of life. You know, Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire realized is the tree of life. And I want to stir you up this morning. I feel this is a fresh word. Um, I've been pondering it for a couple of weeks. And, but I really feel like I want to stir um, the body of Christ this morning to dream big with the Lord again, to actually dream big dreams because we have a big God and a small devil. We have a massive God and a small devil, and it's time that we dream big again. And amen? amen. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, Acts 2.17 says that in the last days, you know, um, we will dream dreams and see visions, and there will be signs in the heavens above and wonders, on, or wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. And that, you know, I... I uh, I just look at the scriptures and I see these, this life that you and I have been called into. And, you know, when we, when we, <laughs> when we come into the kingdom, we're not, just coming, we're not just having our debt erased of sin. That is a part of it. 
Uh, we, you know, we, we come in, we're, we're sinners, we're broken, but then we become saints, sanctified, holy, in right standing with God. And we're not just coming in on a, like the, uh, we're no longer in debt. We're actually, the debt, Colossians talks about the debt has been cancelled, but it also says that you and I have been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. So we come out of a domain of darkness into the king's domain. And what is possible in the king's do domain is incredible. We're not just coming in into a, like we're back on a, you know, the debt has been cancelled. We're actually coming into a family where dreams and the impossible situations can actually happen. That impossible situations can actually be, uh, become reality. You know, we have these verses and often when we talk like this in Christianity and I've, um, I was sort of talking to my wife over the weekend and, you know, I was saying I, it, it baffles me that the same people in, in Christianity, in faith, will say things like, you know, where in Mark 16, where it says these signs will follow those that believe they will heal the sick. They will raise the dead. They will cast out demons. They will cleanse lepers. Right. That people will say, oh, those stopped with the apostles. And then the same people will say, oh, yeah, but women aren't allowed in ministry. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, well, that, well, that finished. But now this is still going. And it's like, actually, do we believe what Jesus actually said? And do we actually take the words of Jesus that he said, no thing or nothing is impossible with God to those that believe? Do we believe the words where he says, and greater works will you do when I go to be with the Father? Because a good father, you know, Shen and I are right now, um, and, and just forgive me this morning if this is a bit scattered, a bit shotgunny this morning, but I, I will try and bring it in together. But uh, Shen and I right now, we've got three girls and we're, we're dreaming and praying and talking or beginning to have conversations around how do we steward our finances in a way that we can leave an inheritance to our children's children's children? How can we begin to dream in a way that our children's children's children don't have to fight for things that you and I, that Shen and I have had to fight for, right? Because our heart's desire is not to not, so they don't have to work, so they don't have a good work ethic, all of those things, we, we're trying to instill that as well. But we want to actually provide an inheritance for them that they can actually grow upon it and become line upon line, precept upon precept, and they can begin to dream and see things that maybe Shen and I will never see. And that's the way the Lord works. That's what I believe when Jesus says in John 14, and greater works will you do when I go to be with the Father. You know, it wasn't a case of we're becoming greater than Jesus. It was where, where, where starting where he finished. Because that's what a good father does. He wants to see his children go beyond what he could possibly achieve in his lifetime. I'm not saying we're greater than Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I am saying is that he's such a good father. He wants the dreams that are in you and I to actually come to pass. And he wants us to start to dream again. And, you know, David... Um, <laughs> David had a dream to build a temple... And he never saw it happen, but he made preparations for Solomon to build the temple. And that wasn't God's idea. It was David's idea. And there are dreams inside you and there are dreams inside me 
that God wants to actually pull out because he loves, he's a good father who loves to co-labor with his children to see the dreams that are inside of you come to pass. Amen? And so I just want to stir us up this morning that, you know, here's another verse for us. Ephesians 3.15 says, you know, more than we ask, think, or imagine. <laughs> let's just go there. Ephesians 3. I wasn't going to go there, but let's go there. You guys are very quiet in here. You can, you can interact with me. I'm okay. <laughs> Ephesians 3, 15. We'll start at 14. Huh? Give me a moment. A moment. <laughs> For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now this is our verse. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask, all that we ask or think, all right, just pause there. All that we ask, what's asking in the kingdom? Prayer. What's thinking? Our imagination. You and I have the mind of Christ. We've been, our, our mind has been sanctified. We now have a sanctified imagination. And, and we have the mind of Jesus, right? Jesus didn't just die um, for you. He died as you. So, and Jesus died spirit, soul, and body. And he resurrected spirit, soul, and body. And so you're, when, you, when we become a new creation, we become a new creation. We don't become partially new creations. And Romans 12 says that we, we're no longer to be conformed to the patterns of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Why? So we can prove the will of God. So dreaming with God and having big dreams with God and hear this here, that more than we ask or think actually proves the will of God. Why? Because it's not me. I can't do. Some of the dreams I have, they are impossible with man, but nothing is impossible with God, right? So it's like no thing is impossible with God to those that believe. Greater works will you do, more than you ask or think. Uh, you know, 1 Corinthians says he uses the foolish things in the world to shame the wise. Why? He uses people like you and I to change the world and to see massive dreams take place. So where the world can look and go, how on earth did that happen? And it's like, well, there's this guy we know. His name's Jesus. His name's Father God. And with him, nothing is impossible. Right. And so it says him more than we ask or think according to to the power work that uh, power at work within us here's here's my point the power at work within us the glory of god at work within you and i stirs us up to dream more than you can ask or think i mean that's incredible i can think of some massive things and i'm not just like flippantly you know talking about well i want you know um you know, everybody in my city saved. Obviously, I want that. Obviously, that's a big dream. 
But there are also things that God has deposited inside of you, inside of me that are different. It might be I have a desire you know, to run a business, a successful business, or, so I can bless people. Whatever it is, I might, you might have a desire to be a, a filmmaker. You might have a desire to be a, a, a musician that writes poetry and songs of our generation. Whatever it is, there's a dream inside of individuals right now that are watching. And I believe the Lord wants to stir you up for the glory that is within you, the power that is in work within your mortal body, that you start to dream with the Lord and think whatever you ask and whatever you think, he'll do far exceedingly above that. That's amazing because I can think of some pretty incredible things, right? I just wrote this down. I believe often the problem is we are at war in our minds with God and we think we are trying to bend his will to make our life easier rather than he that rather than he is for us, not against us. And he wants to partner with us and have us partner with him so that anything we ask in his anything we ask will be his will because we are so yielded to his spirit and his voice. I'll say that again. I believe often our problem is we are at war in our minds with God when we, when we think we are trying to bend his will to make our life easier rather than he is for us, not against us. And he wants to partner with us and have us partner with him so that anything we ask will be his will because we are so yielded to his spirit and his voice. You know, I, I just... I, I, <laughs> You know, so many people say, oh, Liam, I just want to be in, I just want to do the will of God and I just want to be in the will of God. Well, when the power is at work within you, you know, I, I, we're going to read a portion of scripture, Luke 9, go to Luke 9, and I'm going to hopefully illustrate what the culture of the kingdom of dreaming is like. And, um, but so often we, we're like, I just want to do his will. And we feel like his will is like a, 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 a tightrope that we have to walk. There's one way into the kingdom. There's one way. It's not through Allah. It's not through Buddha. It's not through any God gets you to God. It's through Jesus Christ. There's one way in. You know, we're living in a world right now where it's your God is, you know, if that's what makes you feel good, that's fine. That's not okay. There's one way into the kingdom. It's through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there is, multi if there is another way into God, then it's an insult on the cross of Jesus right? But once we're in the kingdom, there's, we're in a kingdom. We're in a massive kingdom where more than we ask or think, where greater works are, are possible, where nothing is impossible to those who believe, where these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick. It, Jesus took 12 guys and he, they turned the world upside down. They flipped this thing on its head. And, and you and I have been called into that family. We've been called into that kingdom. And so often I believe we're saying, you know, God, I want to just do your will. And he's like, yeah, awesome. I love that. Hey, what do you want to do? Come on. Right? Hey, I've deposited me inside of you and I want to partner with you. And I've designed you with a unique brain and a unique mind and a unique heart. And as a good father, I actually just want to bless that. Oh, you want to be a lawyer? Awesome. You'll be a great son and your outworking and your ministry will be in the law firm. 
fantastic. I'm going to bless that. I'm going to make you a lawyer who's going to um, exude justice and righteousness and mercy from a kingdom perspective, right? Oh, you want to be a painter? Great. I'm going to actually bless your artistic uh, hand that when people see your paintings, they encounter the glory in the presence of God. Right, we've got to shift our mind from pulpit ministry is the high point of Christianity, and it's just not the 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 it's not this isn't evil. This is there's a calling of God on individuals' lives for this, right? But the ministry of God is for the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher to equip the saints, which is you and I, for the work of ministry. And some of you are called to filmmaking, some of you are, are called to to the sporting arena, some of you are called to arts and, and um, business and, and, and family and all different areas of society. And the Lord wants us to dream again. The Lord wants us to start to dream big dreams. And, and here's what his culture is like. Let's turn to Luke, Luke, uh, Luke, 1, no, Luke 9 verse 1. Sorry, Luke, Luke 9 verse 1. Hope this is good. All right, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to read a portion here and then we're going to read Luke 10 um, and then I'm going to read Romans 8 and then we're going to close. But um, I'm saying that more for me so I do close than for you. <laughs> All right. Um, so Luke, Luke 9 verse 1. And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal and he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, stay there and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Right? I just want to say this before we move on. Um, I, was, I was talking to someone during the week. This, the same culture, I think it was Sam maybe, the same culture right, that created Peter, James and John created Judas. But in order, what we want to do often in our culture is we want to, we want to child-proof the garden, so to speak. And what we want to do is we want to make sure we don't have Judases. Let's not have any Judases. So what we want to do is we want to put a boundary here, a boundary here. We make sure we never give that person any kind of authority or any kind of power or any kind of influence because we want to make sure if they do, they're a Judas and they're probably going to stuff it up. And so we want to protect them from not stuffing it up. And I'm telling you right now, if you do that, you will never create Peter, James and John's. Right? You'll never create... And a, a culture where dreaming and permission giving is, is okay. And when we get it wrong, there's repentance and there's correction. You know, so many people have often said, well, um, you know, uh, the prophetic just scares me. It's too scary. And so we, um, what we're going to do is we're going to make it safe, <laughs> right? We're going to make sure that we never have a prophetic culture where it never gets a bit strange or it never gets weird. And what we actually end up doing is we shut down the prophetic and we wonder why we're never hearing from the voice of God and having the rhema word of God, the fresh breath of, of God in and throughout our churches and in, our, in moving in the kingdom of God because we've actually shut down the voice of God because we don't want to be considered weird. 
right? And so what we end up doing is we, instead of teaching it correctly and putting healthy systems in place and, and health and bringing health to it, we actually end up just shutting it down. And that's not good, right? You know, and so here Jesus sends out the 12 and he gives them authority and he gives them power. He gives the same authority and power to Judas. I, I, I didn't make that up. That's in the book, right? Here, I'm going to paraphrase for a second. So they, they heal the, uh, you know, they, they see people get healed. They uh, see incredible stuff. Then Jesus feeds the 5,000. This is in Luke. So this is in chronological order. Um, then Peter confesses Jesus is the Christ. Who do people say that I am, right? And he says, you know, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You are the Messiah. You're the one anointed with power, that means, right? And they, then Jesus foretells tells his death to take up your cross and follow me. You know, Jesus took up his cross to go somewhere. He took it up to die. You die on the cross. You don't stay on the cross, right? So Jesus took it to die. He died and he resurrected. Then he goes in the Mount of Transfiguration. I love this. You know, we have Moses. We have Elijah. We have uh, Elijah. Sorry, we have Peter, James, and John. And uh, and Jesus is there. And, and you know. Moses and Elijah vanish. Jesus remains. God interrupts Peter halfway through his, through his beautiful idea of trying to set up tents. And uh, he says, look, shush, be quiet, Peter. Listen to my son. Listen to Jesus, right? So we have this. Then um, a man comes to, the, uh, to um, Jesus and says, your disciples couldn't cast the demon out of my son. And Jesus, you know, says, um, are you of little faith? How long do I have to be with you for, right? And then he heals the boy. And then um, Jesus foretells his death again. And then listen to this. In verse 46, um, the disciples start to argue over who's the greatest, right? So picture this. We have, here's some power and authority. Go out, heal the sick. They go out, the sick get healed. The dead get raised. The deaf hear. The lame walk. Jesus feeds the 5,000. They just see a multiplication of food. Then they get taken up on the mountaintop, especially Peter, James, and John. They're in this incredible vision. It says Jesus was you know, white as, as white as the, the you know, laundry mats could produce on earth. He was glowing, right? Moses is there. Elijah's there. I mean, you, like, these are stories we often read. And it's like Moses is there. Moses is appearing to Peter, James, and John. Elijah's appearing to Peter, James, and John. They're seeing like the physical form of these guys. Incredible, mind-blowing. I know someone actually here in Melbourne that, um, who wouldn't have thought that has seen Moses. Anyway, we won't go there this morning. But um, uh, Then, you know, he foretells of his death again. He heals another boy. Then they start arguing over who's the greatest. And Jesus doesn't rebuke them for arguing over who's the greatest. He just redefines what greatness looks like. He doesn't say, hey, you shouldn't think like that. He just says, this is what greatness looks like. It's like a little child who comes into the kingdom. We'll read it. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. What does he do? He doesn't rebuke them for thinking they should be great. He just redefines what greatness looks like, 
right? Then the next verse, um, they start arguing. They're like, hey, there's some guys down the road who have a slightly different doctrine than us, but they're healing the sick and casting out demons. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop them because they have a slightly different view on baptism than we do. They, they might have a slightly different view on, on certain things. Oh, they're, they're heretics. They're evil sinners and they're not following the true gospel because I know the true gospel. No, if you think you know it all and you know the full gospel, you are deceived. <laughs> I don't know it all and neither do you. That's why we need the healthy mystery of God so we put our trust and faith in him, not in humanity and what we do know. The moment we decide I know it all is the moment we level off to be teachable by God and to be corrected in the right path so that we grow into maturity with Christ. We can, we, the fullness has been revealed. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. The mystery has been revealed, right? It's Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the Father. He is the, Im, the perfect image of God. But the, mis, the mystery has been revealed. It's Jesus but let me tell you this, the moment you and I think we know everything is the moment we've leveled off to be teachable, to be corrected, to be fathered, to be nurtured, to be rebuked. These are healthy things to have discipline in the Lord, right? And here John's saying that. He's saying, hey, Jesus, those guys down the road, they're casting out demons in your name and they're not a part of us. And, and uh, listen to what Jesus says. He says, but Jesus said to him, do not stop him for the one who is not against us is for you. All right. And then they reach a Samaritan village and, um, you know, they get turned away because Jesus' face was towards Jerusalem. And then the disciples are like, hey, hey, um, hey, Jesus, we should call down some fire on that city. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and Jesus is like, oh, boy, you do not know what spirit you are of. Because what spirit were they operating out of? The demonic spirit. Here's my point. You're like, what on earth has this got to do with dreaming? Chapter 10, verse 1. Listen to this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating, drinking what they provide. For the, the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. And then listen to this. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Here we have Jesus, I believe, showing us what the culture of the kingdom is like. That we actually go, they, that he sent them out. He sent them with a word. And nothing, track with me for a second. Nothing is impossible with God. When God speaks a word like that, 
he actually backs it up to perform it. His spirit comes upon a th- something that actually has its own ability to perform itself, right? So the, the thing that you're dreaming about or the thing that he's prophesied over your life that you will do X, Y, and Z, right? It has a spirit of God behind it for that thing to achieve, for that thing to happen, right? Whether it's a prophecy, whether it's just a dream, a desire in your heart. And he sends them out, the 12 out. They see a measure of success. They see the sick healed, the lame walk. They see the blind see, the deaf hear, the, the dead are raised up. And then they, they start to fade into, well, who's going to be the greatest? You know, John, are you, you think you're the greatest. You're always first to everything. And, you know, Peter, you think you're the greatest. You're the one that had the revelation of this, this. And you were up the mountain with, you know, Jesus. And why, G- why Peter, James and John? Why do you always get to be the ones that go up to be with Jesus? And I'm just stuck here down the mountain looking after the food and da-da-da-da-da. And then well, I'm painting, I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> right? And then they want to call fire down on a city, Right, And they start rebuking other ministries for doing maybe more than what they were doing. And they start to go into this comparison, bitterness, I don't know, whatever they were going into. right? And Jesus, he just, he just recorrects them. Greatness is like a little child. Oh, you don't know, guys, you don't know what spirit you're of. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you dream again. I'm going to send you out again two by two, to go into cities, to go and heal the sick, to go and raise the dead, to go and preach the gospel, to go and release peace onto people, right? He doesn't remove the dream or he doesn't remove the purpose or he doesn't remove the destiny from them. He just recorrects them so that they walk in the maturity that he wants them to walk in. But he gives them another opportunity. He throws them back into the game. And I feel like so, I feel like, I hope this is making sense. Is this making sense to you guys? Cool. Uh, um, I feel like so often what happens is we have a dream. We have a desire. We have something that arises in us where we're passionate about it, right? And maybe we get taken out. Maybe it doesn't work the way that it's supposed to work. Maybe something happens for what, maybe it's not the right timing. Maybe the weight of that dream that we have, we wouldn't be able to sustain it right now. Trust me, there are things, you know, people often say, oh, Liam, I just, want to, I just want to do this and I want to do this in ministry and I want to see thousands of people and I want to lead crusades and I want to have a, you know, I want to have a massive influence in church and all, you know, and all good, all pure-hearted desires from people. But I'm telling you right now, there are things that I remember five, six years ago that I thought I could handle the weight and the pressure of that I'm so glad the Lord didn't promote me in that season and took me on the right journey so that the, the, the character and the, the, um, the integrity of heart can sustain the, the, the desire and the dream that God wants to place on people. Does that make sense? If, if you, it's like people can handle criticism pretty well but they can't handle praise very well. If you can handle praise, you can handle criticism because you won't let it get to your head, right? Because the greatest in the kingdom is like a little child. So I, I really believe that the Lord is, 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 there's things in your life that you've dreamed about, desired. They might be, it might be a family holiday. It might be something simple. It might be nothing grandiose, but it's a dream that you have. And the Lord's saying, I want to put you back in the game. I want to send you out again. 
I know I'm, I'm taking a scripture sort of a little bit out of context, but I'm, I'm trying to illustrate this is what Jesus is like. You go, oh, I failed at that. I failed at, at uh, I went into comparison. I went into, oh, that person has a better house than I have. Or that person, gosh, they're succeeding in life far greater than I have. And the Lord wants you to take your eyes off of comparison, off of like, um, you know, those things and turn your affection back towards him and say, God, I want to dream again with you. I want to believe that nothing is impossible with you. I want to see greater works with you. Let's go to Romans 8. And we will close. How are we going with the internet? Perfect. love thinking about this. I don't know if you think this is what I dwell on. Jesus walked on water. Peter walked on water. The apostles healed the sick. It says multiple times and many signs were done through the hands of the apostles. Uh, you know, they, Jesus took a coin out of a fish's mouth. He spoke to a fig tree and it just withered in front of their eyes. He resurrected a man that had been dead for a few days. He spat in mud and healed a blind person. That says to me, these are the foolish things of the world that are shaming the most intellectual people. I mean, take the Old Testament. He parted a Red Sea. He turned, you know, sticks into snakes and... You know, graves in the armies. We sang about it this morning. Like it's, he, he, with his breath, he created this world. What he imagined you became. This is the God we believe in. This is, we believe that a man born of a virgin died on a cross, got put into a grave with a stone around it, with guards in front of it. And then the Spirit of God, yes, Jesus was a man. Yes, he was God. He was fully God. He was fully man. Hebrews says that the divinity of, uh, the, you know, the, um, Jesus became a man, a thing to be grasped. If Jesus wasn't a man, it wasn't a sacrifice. Jesus died a man and he resurrected a man. He is the example you and I get to follow. He's not the exception to the rule. He is the example we get to follow. Yes, he was fully God. He was fully man. He laid his divinity down. He became a man. He became a man through a virgin called Mary. He turned water into wine at a wedding. I love it, right? He, he just did things that just crazy, that blow our minds, right? And he died. He resurrected. And then he ascended. He walked on planet Earth for 40 days, preaching to over 500 people the kingdom of God and teaching them. And more signs were done, says through his hands. And then he just vanished and ascended at the right hand of the Father. And then he get this. Guess what he said? He said, the same spirit that was in me is now in you. You and I have a resurrection, resurrection, dead raising, miraculous working, power working 
incredible spirit called Holy Spirit dwelling in our mortal bodies. And it says it's like a river flowing out that the spirit of God would flow in and through our lives. We have been commissioned into an army that we get to dream incredible dreams with the Lord. And I'm, all I'm doing this morning is hopefully stirring you up to start to dream big dreams. Because guess what? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When hope gets deferred from situations, it makes the heart sick. But desire realized, the desire of God for your life. You know, God is such a good father. And I just, I'm pausing here for a second because I feel the Lord on it. But I feel like so often, and if I can, I'm probably not going to articulate this, this well, but so often we think God's a taskmaster rather than a good father. And we're like, well, he wants me to, to just do A plus B and that'll equal C. And God's so much more interested as I have natural children. I'm not interested in necessarily what they do in life as I'm more interested in the dreams and desires. I, I, I'm not projecting my ideas onto my children. I'm not like, you should be a lawyer or a sports athlete and make mum and dad millions of dollars so you can retire well. No, I'm, <laughs> well, if you do that, Alira or Charlie or Isla, praise God. But, um, <laughs> but I'm not projecting, why? Because they have dreams. They're their own individual person. They have dreams and desires in them that God has deposited in them that when we come into alignment with his will, when, what, what I mean by that is we come into alignment with his spirit because we don't know what spirit we're of. So when we come into alignment with his spirit, whatever we ask or think or imagine, the renewed mind proves the will of God. What, what's the, Jesus said it multiple times. He says, whatever you ask, believe that you have it. He said it so many times. 1 John 5 actually says this. Uh, where is it? I wrote it down. Um, 1 John 5 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for in him. Oh, Liam, but that's just talking about his will. Um, and we ask, you know, anything we ask in his will. Um, and so we've just really, all we've got to find out what his will is. Well, I can tell you what his will is. His will is found in the life of Jesus. <laughs> his will is your kingdom come on, on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven, there are incredible dreams. There are big dreams. There are big visions. There are big plans. There are big purposes. So that's his will for planet earth. You're his idea. His idea was David, not the temple. And he blessed David's idea. <sighs> right? He's more interested in your dreams and your desires than us going, oh, I need to make sure I do A plus B equals C and I just have to do all these things and I have to, you know, and then God will bless me. No, it, prayer doesn't work like that. Prayer is not you begging God and twisting his arm. Prayer is you tapping into his already made plans and purposes and you're coming into alignment with those and then you co-labor with God and you start to name animals, you start to heal the sick, you start to do all these things, right? Ugh, Jesus help. Uh, so I hope that makes sense.
Um, all right, uh, Romans 8. This is one of this is close to maybe, if not, one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. Where do I start? Let's just read this. Verse 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I was just talking to Lani, saying that the Spirit of God is interceding for you and I. We should ask him what he's praying about, hey? And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the, according to the will of God. There it is again. And we know that for the love of God, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. We love that verse. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Who is he the first? Why is that in there? He's the firstborn because he's our example that we follow. I'm not a disciple of Judas, James, Peter, or John. I'm a disciple of Jesus. He's the firstborn. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those whom he called, he justifies. And those whom he justified, he glorified. Now listen to this, verse 31. What then shall we say to those things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. He gave it up for all, not just for the elect few. He gave it up for all. How will he not also, at least this is one of my favorite verses, how will he, who, Jesus, not also, with him, graciously give us all things? Did you catch it? How will he not graciously give us all things? Why is it important that we come into the alignment with the will of God? It's important because when he blesses us with the things that are dreams and desires, they won't kill you. Why? Because we remain in a place of childlikeness, of I didn't get this because of my own good works, I got this because of his. Many people often, when I've talked about this with people, they say, oh Liam, that just, that just sounds like this is one big bless me club. Well, let me tell you what, you get the mo more than you ask or think. Greater works will you do. Nothing is impossible. You're more than a conqueror. That sounds like blessing. We've come in. It's not a bless me club so that I can say, wow, look how good I am. He's given us far more than we ever ask or think or imagine. We've been given everything we need for life and godliness, Romans 5. <laughs> It sounds pretty much like we're blessed. I'm not becoming blessed. I am blessed. Not because of Liam, let no man, let no man should boast, but because of him. Because when, if we say that, well, I did A plus B and I got C, we've entered into a subtle form of pride because it's still about us. That's what happened in Luke 9. It started to become about them. God, who's the, Jesus, who's the greatest? Jesus, those guys down the road, they're doing way better than we are. Awesome. They're on our, they're on our team. Hmm. 
What then shall we say to those things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now listen to this. Who shall bring in any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. How do you become more than a conqueror? Something has to be conquered. And then you become more than that. You become more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, rulers, things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Awesome. So nothing, height, depth, angel, principality, power, anything created, anything at all can separate you from God's love. That's a good statement to start on. Nothing can separate me from God's love. So what does that mean? Let's backtrack that up. One, I'm more than a conqueror. Jesus is interceding. Creation is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Romans 8 says that. Holy Spirit's interceding. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you and I to be recognize who we are. And God is praying for you and I to realize who we are. So listen to this. You have God. You have angels being deployed. You have the spirit of God. You have Jesus interceding. And you have creation groaning to realize, for you and I to realize the dreams and the desires inside of you for who you are, that you're more than a conqueror. The only people often that don't know who they are is us. Even the devil knows who you are. That's why he wants to distract you and make hope deferred from you. But desire realized is a tree of life. So nothing can separate you from God's love. So oh, I have this incredible dream. But what if it doesn't succeed? Guess what? You can't fail with God. Because you're in his love. You're in his love. And he's a good father. When we come into his will, whether, we, whether it's successful or not in life, we never fail. Because we're, in, we're, we're, we're yielded to his presence. But I, I really believe that God is looking for people to dream big again. That we don't just, we're not just surviving through life that we start to declare dreams and desires because it says in the last days they'll dream dreams they'll see visions there'll be incredible stuff that take place i have a dream i have a dream that revival would come to this area it's not a whimsical dream i, I have a dream that people would come to this region not because of liam or because of Sam or because of Glory City, Melbourne, but they would come here because the presence of God dwells here. That people would be healed, set free, delivered, that families would be restored, 
that justice would be prevailing, that truth would come into our, our government, our nation, our, our, our schools, our, our workplaces, that people's businesses would thrive in the middle of a recession, that people would, would uh, have a house, they would have land, they would have the, the things that they desire in their life, not because, um, because of something they've done, but because of the goodness and the kindness of God that we're flowing with the land of milk and honey. We've been come into the promised land. It's the land of promise, the land of purpose. It's the land of destiny, that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And I can tell you that dream has, has got flatlined at times, but it's, it's alive more than ever before that I'm believing for revival in this area. And all I'm, all I'm praying this morning is that I would stir you up for the dreams that are inside of you, because my heart and Shen's heart is that the people in our community beyond that may be listening to, that, to this is that the dreams and the desires and the way that God's created you, that you would flourish and prosper and be in good health in your life, in whatever it is that he's designed you for, because that's what we want to see happen. We want to stir you up to, for you to be the best you, that you become more than a conqueror, that you become the best son, the best daughter, and the dreams and the desires that are deposited in you, would, you would start to dream big dreams again. And like Luke 9, I believe some of us have been distracted and, and going down the wrong spirit, and that Jesus is saying, that's okay, let me recorrect you, let me recalibrate you and send you out again to heal the sick. And he sent the 72 out, it says. He took 12 in Luke 9, 1, and then in Luke 10, 1, he sent the 72 out. So he upped the ante. <laughs> He's like, oh, we need more people. Let's go. Whew. Out you go. And so that's my prayer this morning is that, that you would be stirred up to dream big dreams again. Those big dreams might be little compared to other things, but they're your dreams. So Father, let me pray. I just pray right now that the dreams of heaven's dreams would become earthly realities. God, that we would be so heavenly minded that we would be earthly incredible. God, I pray for a grace for the Spirit of God for impossible situations to no longer become impossible because our minds are renewed to prove the will of God. God, I pray for a freedom. Right now I release religious bondages over people that has been maybe chained them down to thinking one-dimensionally. And I pray there'd be a tri-dimensional, heavenly dimensional grace that would be released into people's minds and homes right now. The things that may be so far gone, they think are so far gone, how will he not freely give us all things? Romans 8. That God would give, that, that he's, he's poured out his spirit upon all flesh. That he's not withholding things uh, to, to shame us or to condemn us. That he wants to co-labor with us. He wants to dream with us. He wants heavenly-minded business, kingdom business, entrepreneurs to be thriving. That he wants artistic creation of excellence and beauty and, and um, articulation and melodies that we've not heard on earth because they're, they're in heaven, but they, they just haven't yet reached earth because someone hasn't yet dared to dream of those melodies. I pray that for our musicians, God. 
I pray for business ideas. I pray for family ideas, that there would be an increase of family togetherness right now, that mothering and fathering and parenting God would just thrive in the midst of a pandemic and that um, depression and anxieties and strategies, God, that you would give people divine strategies on how to overcome sickness, on how to overcome depression and anxieties, because that is not your will. We know that. You even say, be anxious for nothing. <laughs> that means it is possible for us to have nothing to be anxious about. God, I pray for strategies for, um, in, in the education system, God, that kids wouldn't just know about maths and English, but they would know their identity as sons and daughters of a creator who loves them. They would learn to think critically uh, from a kingdom perspective, God. I pray for our churches in this region, God. I pray that they would flourish, that revival would come to all churches because this isn't one denominational, that we are part of a kingdom. So God, I pray the churches down the road would just be blessed. They would prosper. They would thrive, that thousands would come to know you through their ministries, through their, uh, their resources, through their dreams. I pray their families would just be incredibly blessed. I pray there'd be a laying down of loving our life unto death. In our area, that there'd be a sacrifice for the kingdom to advance. pray miracle signs and wonders would follow those that believe because that's in your word I pray the dead would be raised the sick would be healed the lame would walk the blind would see because that's what you said to go and do I pray your shalom your peace your peace of heaven would rest upon every household today and I pray there'd be a stirring up to dream big dreams again in Jesus name Amen Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, love you guys. Um, I hope that blesses you. hope you had smooth internet. We have sun out. We have the sun has just descended on, on Sam right here. The sun has just shone through. And um, yeah, we love you guys. We are just prayerful and longing for the day that we can all give you massive hugs and um, see you face to face and um, fellowship with you. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more info coming up as well in the coming weeks um, about some things that are coming up at Glory City. So love you heaps and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye.